A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I feel mentally exhausted after that weekend of rugby. But let's we just spend another hour talking about some rugby, boys? No, I'm miserable. <laughs> I, this is the last place on earth that I want to be. <laughs> which uh, which gets you down more, being beaten again for uh, Broughton Park or Wales coming so close but losing out to South Africa? I've got to say it's Broughton Park. It's <laughs> it's I don't know. It's a mixture of the two, isn't it? It's like a cocktail of painkillers and alcohol. Boys, we're getting in, we're getting into the chat before we've even heard the theme tune. So hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. <laughs> It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, and we love the game of rugby, but we don't take it or ourselves too seriously. But how can you not take this weekend's rugby seriously? Best World Cup ever. Agreed. Wow. Uh, Yeah, indisputable now, isn't it? Beyond any reasonable doubt, no court of law could defend (laughs) the notion that this is the, the... not the best World Cup ever. Even uh, even if the Samoan uh, judicial <laughs> defence team was arguing <laughs> arguing for it. Uh, I'm Tim. That's JB. Hello, Tim. That is Phil. Hi, Tim. Uh, we have gorged ourselves on Premiership rugby, World Cup rugby, of course. And did you, anyone catch any Pro Twelve rugby? <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, serious question. <laughs> no, uh, none. I saw that uh, Ulster lost. Unfortunately, I wasn't watching the game. Well, fortunately, I wasn't watching okay. the game. Well, that's fine. I think most people's eyes were on the Rugby World Cup. And um, as, just to give you a bit of context, as we record this, it is now 10 to 7. Uh, we've had about an hour to digest Scotland's defeat, which was the final quarterfinal. And I think that's where we should start. Because, it's fre- fresh in the mind, isn't it? In fact, before we start, I think we should all go around the room. Uh, I think we've got some apologies to our listeners. Uh, I want to apologise to anybody Scottish for the flippant way that I wrote off Scotland's chances against Australia in the World Cup quarterfinal. Well, you did say they would lose. You were correct. This is you, correct. You were vindicated. Yeah, I was correct. I was correct at least. Do you want to apologise for anything, JB, from from the last podcast? Yeah, I'd like to apologise to Worcester. I'd like to apologise to Harlequins in particular. I thought we were losing by twenty <laughs> points. I'd like to apologise to Gloucester. I'd like to then apologise to South Africa. I'd like to apologise to Schalke probably like to apologise to Argentina. I'd like to apologise also to... Um, hang on, have I got, have I got everyone? But you also do have an apology to make to Julian Surveyor. Not not from the last pod. Oh, yeah. There's been a long-running gag that you say that Julian Surveyor isn't very good. is yeah. not very good. I've never seen Julian Surveyor play like apparently Julian Surveyor should play like. Because every time I watch him, he's casually strolling over a try line and putting the ball down. I've never <laughs> seen him play well. So, sorry, Julian Surveyor. So, so pretty much, if you listen to the last podcast, uh, you need to pretty much ignore. All you could redo it, you know. The vast majority of what JB <laughs> said. 
Re- redo we should, it we should re-edit the podcast and just take you out of it because of the take, take me take me i i also uh agreed with jay that scout burger might be past it and that was one of the most impressive back row performances i've seen in a long long time it was absolutely superb i would just say this because of the excellent acast app it is a genuine possibility that we can go into the system re-edit our picks and just post them back up again uh, you can listen on the Acast app if you download that you can listen on iTunes as well and I recommend that you subscribe and we'll get every episode of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast delivered straight to you uh, we've had loads of people getting in touch and at Rugby Podcast is one way you can get in touch on Twitter if you tweet or Tim at eggchasers.com if you email and we'll all have a good old read of that and um, share some of yours like this from Zippy Chuck on Twitter who's tweeted to at Rugby Podcast and just said it's only right, isn't it, that the team with the best stash win? Well done, Argentina. I do love that kit. It's lovely, isn't it's it? It's beautiful. Yeah. I was kind of hoping they'd go out just so it might be discounted on uh, <laughs> an online retailer. <laughs> uh, although there's something about Ireland's kit. The Irish players either have the biggest pecs in world <laughs> rugby or the kit that Canterbury have made for them particularly emphasises their pecs. Uh, pecs I, appeal I, from I, Ireland. I think it's a bit of both. I think bar Sexton and Tona, they're in great shape. That's set of lads. Tona, Tona's a weird looking chap, isn't he? They're both they're like a scaled down version of the same body type. Mm. Yeah, but the, the boys do look good in that lovely kit. They do. But onto the rugby itself, and like I said, I think we should start with Scotland. It's freshest in the mind. I mean, I mean, firstly, what an incredible spectacle! What a game! Game of the weekend. And it was the fourth of four spectacular, spectacular game. It feels like it's kind of just. It's like feels like there was four spectacles, each uniquely brilliant in their yeah. own way. Yeah, each one so different, but yeah. so entertaining. For me, it was just because Scotland completely stunned me. It was I, like a I, Japan I, game again. It was it like was, Japan South Africa. It was, and with two minutes to go, it was the identical scoreline. Mm. It was thirty-four, thirty-two to the underdog. And I was thinking, this is just a repeat of Japan. And for that, it, I loved it. I do wonder if kind of Scotland have taught us a bit of a lesson, because I'm a huge advocate of the Welsh way of playing, which is kick the ball, back, back your D, and see if you can win, which actually turns out to be incredibly high risk, because if you can't win, or if you keep it close and, you just have, and you're playing against world-class players, only it's a second and it's gone. But uh, Scotland got the ball in their hands and they, and they played. Yeah, and what I would say is, if there was one team in world rugby that you want to offer a little bit more than just kicking for territory and then what doing what Wales did, which was hitting one-out runners all afternoon long. Mm. I would say it's South Africa. That's like, oh, oh, cheers, Wales. Thanks very much. That's, that's perfect. I disagree. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. I thought it worked except for one small problem. Uh, South, Af- South Africa have two world-class players and world-class players over the course of 80 minutes will do something world-class and that, that's all it was. But I thought it were, the plan was working to perfection. The problem is it's a very high-risk plan. Yeah, well, Wales conceded so much territory and possession. Well, they're not bothered. They're just well, not bothered. They are now because they're out of the tournament. Yeah, but and they it, don't have any other way to play. There, there isn't another... They don't well, have okay, another option. Well, well is, that, is that a weakness in the coaching? By your reckoning, they only have one way of playing. If that was Stuart Lancaster only having one way of playing, I think you'd absolutely rip him to shreds for it. No, because I believe the one way of playing is the best option for Wales. They could have gone wide over and over again, but then they would have lost by a damn sight more. They have got the perfect way of playing for the individuals that that they have got. I do agree with that, Mm. but that does in some way show the limitation of the the players that are available to Wales. Quite possibly. But Gatland is 
arguably getting the best he's, out of he's, them. Yeah, I still think he's the best but, coach in, in the world. But talk, well, I don't know, Vern Cotter's putting his hand up, because talk about limitations, uh, then Scotland, you, you can you can get your little violin out as much as you want about Wales. Scotland have got it even harder. Yes. The way that they stretched Australia and the intensity, well, I mean, the intensity that they brought for... Stop calling him Fern Cotton. Fern, <laughs> Fern Cotton? I call him Fern. Fern. The Fern Cotton's done exactly the same as Gatland. <laughs> um, exactly the same as Gatland, which is he's looked at all his pieces. I mean, they don't have a hard work, as hard a working pack as, say, Wales have, but they've got these lightning quick backs and probably they've got a, you know, a very create, create, creative 10. So that's the way that they play. He just plays to the best to the best of his team team team's ability, well, and I, that's I, all it is. I I, I, got, I, agree. I I agree with that to an extent. In, in like the strength of Scotland is Hogg, Maitland, Seymour, and 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 Co. But Hooper, I think, got one turnover penalty in that match. Yeah, and Cowan Denton was massive, and their back row were absolutely immense. They were, they were, and and the Scotland scrum. Uh, won several penalties against yeah. Australia, which Looked rock no, other, solid. no other team yeah. have done. And they all. really destroyed the loose head. Uh, yes. Sio. Sio, yeah. Sio went down hard. Yeah. Yeah. Nell that. Had, had a great game yeah. mm. uh, as tight head. But on the rooks, Scotland won 58 out of 60 rooks, which is, vi- which is exceptionally against high. Against Australia. Particularly against Australia. Yeah. Australia are a different team when they have they did Pooper, seem, Pooper playing in it tandem. It did feel, though, to, to me that they were on the back foot a lot of the game. Like They were scrapping to stay in it. And then when they got their opportunities, that's when they took them. They seemed to be a lot more efficient, if, it, if, if that makes sense. Well, as efficient as you can be with the like, kick charge down. Mm. Well, yeah, they did have a bit of luck. There was the intercept and the kick charge down which mm-hmm. was sloppy play by Australia but also you've got to be it, there you've got to work hard uh, yeah and it was partly the pressure that Scotland were putting them under mm. I was devastated when they lost I that. was I was angry as well for, for, for another one and, I, and you know what I think we should firstly agree that it was an amazing game of rugby lots of endeavour by both teams five tries for Scotland uh, sorry five tries for Australia was it uh, three or four for Scotland uh, three for Scotland three for Scotland and just a brilliant game of rugby heartbreaking uh, defeat at the end but let's reset the context Scotland have just scored that br- uh, intercept try yep. what what Slipper was doing at 10 trying to ship a ball a loopy horrible pass to a uh, centre I don't know what Australia were thinking they got punished rightly and Scotland were in front let's let's get let's get this Scotland should have looked after the ball on the restart they didn't mm-hmm. Scotland should have won the line out when they had a line out they didn't Scotland shouldn't have messed about with the ball. They should have looked after it. They didn't. So there was lots in their control. But then the penalty that Bernard Foley slotted to to win Australia the game looked like it was a knock-on off Finn Russell, which then their prop caught. And as a result, it was offside penalty. When you actually look at the replay, it was Bernard Foley that knocked that ball, not Finn Russell. Uh, wasn't it Fibs? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Fibs. Yeah, but it was an Australian. See, I didn't, I didn't notice that even Australian on the replays. Hand. I didn't see it. Well, and here's what's interesting because I think Craig Joubert did notice that on the replay because he was looking at the screen. There was a big reaction from the crowd. The commentary team were like, "Oh, I wonder was that, was that?" Anyway, he didn't check it or didn't didn't look after it. And um, and then at the final whistle, and this is the bit I found really distasteful. He bolted and ran off the pitch. I hope he did bolt off the pitch because he's not a very nice human um, and he didn't want to shake hands because I'd hate to think it was for some other reason. 
you know, like someone's giving them a bit of grief or that kind of thing. You know, like, do you know when you see football referees getting off the field quick because they're being intimidated? Because they're being intimidated and, and, and harassed. I mean, I didn't see any of that. I didn't even see him running off. So I'm in no real place to comment. I'm just saying. I hope it was because he's not a particularly good guy, rather than <laughs> you know, there's any kind of intimidation factor. I can't imagine there would have been any intimidation. No, I, I can't think he's just. It's I not. He realised he got the yeah. That wrong. They're so unrugby like. That's the thing. Yeah, that's I what that, that's what I find really distasteful about it. You shake you shake the captain's hands, then if if Scotland had have got round him and got in his face, we'd have been saying that was not rugby. You have to take defeat exactly better than right. that. Exactly. But it, him running off the pitch was, was I'll, I'll say it, it was an absolute disgrace. And uh, it's did weird. You, did you see the post-match interview with Laidlaw? A, an absolutely distraught uh, Laidlaw. He, he couldn't understand why he didn't go to the, to the TMO for such an important decision, given how many times he'd gone to the pre- TMO previously. Didn't make sense. When there's, there's one minute on the clock, so it doesn't matter how long it takes... You just want the right decision. The TMO thing's getting out of hand. The judicious approach to rugby is getting out of hand. You know, everything about the game of rugby, which I absolutely love, is slowly being, very slowly, very grudgingly getting getting eroded. I hate it. I really hate it. I have got no problem at all with this judicial approach and the TMO because ultimately I want the correct decisions, which is why it's even more frustrating when you could use it and you don't. How can you get the correct decision, Phil, when it's a... It's a case, for instance, like the Maitland deliberate knock-on. What, what, what is that? I mean, you've got to look at the context in the game, and you can't, you can't say, oh, well, the hand went forward, the ball went down. Well, how do you feel about it? It's kind of a feeling thing. I don't feel that that was... I, don't even, I think that's just a knock-on. Yeah, yeah. Scrum. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I agree. I, I think, when you look I think, at the guidelines... I think to... we all agree the Maitland was knock-on. Yeah. Penalty at worst, if you really want to push it, but to call it a yellow card, I don't agree. And I can't imagine how I'd feel if I was Scottish right now. One of the uh, Scottish players, oh my goodness. I mean, broadly the same. You'd feel broadly the same as if you were Welsh. Yeah, very, very similar. Very similar. Not, very not, similar. Yeah, similar, but not. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't, wasn't stolen from you. It, yeah. You wouldn't have that same feeling of injustice. I would have more. I'd feel. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like. I, said, I didn't see the the bad call. I'd feel the injustice o- o- over the yellow card. I mean that's that's the worst one feel, for me by far. Feel it over both, I th- I think both those things did have a material effect on, on the Scotland plus side though. That game. Who would have ever thought that Scotland of all the home nations would be the most dangerous out wide? I know. <laughs> when, when, when you talk, when you think about like all the players that we were banging on about prior to the World Cup, um, the dangerous ones. Oh, North, uh, Liam Williams, Mike Brown. Now on the TMO thing because I think this will get talked about a lot. Um, Rugby World magazine were very, very quick to bob out a tweet on the final whistle, obviously picking up on it, on everything, all the people saying, much like me and Phil were, which was, for goodness sake, if, you get, if there's a time to use a TMO, use it there to make sure you get the right decision. And Rugby World came out and said, look, a TMO can't be used to determine if a penalty should or shouldn't be given, only for offences in a build-up to a try, foul play or scoring of a try. I would like to, uh, and, and there's a lot of people saying this, that it can't be, and TMOs can't be used to work out if something's a penalty or not. However, I would actually refer Rugby World, who are, are now saying that, to their own article um, a couple of years ago about when TMOs can be used, when they highlight the fact that this one, referee consulting with others at 6.a.6. The referee may consult with assistant referees in regards to matters relating to their duties, the law relating to foul play or timekeeping, and may request assistance related to other aspects of the referee's duties, including the adjudication of offside. So pretty much, you can use the help that's on offer 
Whenever you want. Whenever you want. Yeah, including the adjudication on offside, and this was an adjudication yeah, on offside. And, and yeah. by the way, what do you think would happen if the law, law stated you can't do that? Do you think that the TMO would just cut off Joubert, just hang up on him? Or, you know, the the yeah. line judges just turn their backs. So what would what would be... Sorry, the... sorry, Craig, it's outside my jurisdiction. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah. TMO's not going to say, yeah, well, no, it, it wasn't offside. It was off an Australian hand, um, but you, you're going to have to stick with your original decision. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if it was the other way around, if, if that had actually happened, and what's worse, on the one hand going, why didn't he use the TMO? That, that, that would have cleared up the decision. The, op- the opposite side would have been, he incorrectly used the TMO to get the correct result. Yes. Yeah. The important thing is getting the correct result. Exactly. See, I think, right, we need, we need to move away from this judicial approach and everything's got to be categorised and pigeonholed and all the rest of it and go to like a principle-based thing, which is like, okay, um, unsafe play should be penalised, which is a very broad statement, but then it has to be held in context of what we're actually doing here. And that's not childcare, and it's not going on the shops, it's strapping on boots and hitting each other with shoulders. And it's got to be judged in, in that sort of context. And maybe, before, so we can just focus on the rugby and leave the, the refereeing aside. Let's pick up on exactly that, JB, because I think that li- that links in probably. And what's maybe motivated that is the yellow card that Nigel Owens, who is a referee everybody loves and will probably referee the, the World Cup final. And maybe he's only following out the laws that he's been given to do. But the yellow card that he gave to... Um, Pickamoles. Pickamoles. Hero Pickamoles. Oh my word! I mean, as, as far as like, that, that that is not the game I love right there. No, Louis I, Pickamoles getting a yellow card. That's not the game that we love. Do you know, I can't remember what he got a yellow card for. What did he get when, a yellow card oh, for? When you when you were listening to it, um, it was McCaw on the floor and cheating. <sighs> cheating. Yeah, McCaw in <laughs> in at the side. Cheating at the breakdown, killing. Then hands ball. on, not releasing. Uh, France want to take a a quick penalty, so Pickamoles is rightly uh, upset about this. And it was a, a push while he's on the floor, and there was there was contact with a closed fist in his face, but it wasn't a punch. But Nigel Owens actually went through the same decision making process as we went through, yeah. And he said it's not a punch; it's just um, a, a, fi- a fist in the face, which does sound quite bad when you say it like that. But yeah. having seen the images, it was it, he brushed his handbags. Cheek with it. Yeah, he Come brushed on, that, his cheek. We would we would have called that handbags. Get on, yeah. Get on with he it. He went through that logical decision making process. And still came out with yellow cards. I know this is a horribly untrendy thought <sighs> to have, but I would like to say all... Unless it's absolutely obvious a violent act has has occurred. So right in front of the referee, someone winds up, blindsides another guy, out cold. Okay, going to be a red card. But for other kind of semi-violent offences, <laughs> I don't really want the referee going to the TMO and looking at them. I want them to go to a panel after the match because part of the joy of rugby is pulling up your socks and just getting on with it. That's that is what I love about it. It breeds good people. And yes, no, I want people to get intimidated. See, I want I want this to happen. No, you see, you see, I, I draw the I draw a line with that. Like, if, imagine I'm Nigel Owens, right? So I've just seen that on the TMO. Okay, Richie, you are bang out of order at that breakdown. What do you expect? Back you go. That's it. Yes. That, I would love that. That's, that's perfect. That, that is exactly well, how it should have sorry, been. Sorry, Nigel, for the bad impression. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what should have happened. But McCaw, all game, he was getting away with so I think, much. Yeah, I the think, number of times he joined the rook from the side, was playing with it on the floor, was just lying there, stopping the, the French And this, this move against violence, violence must be removed, is wrong. Because what it actually promotes is it promotes gamesmanship, sneakiness, you know, vipers. Or, um, <laughs> like, for instance, pa- pa- Pascal Pape. Was doing something illegal and 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 sneaky, 
and he got exactly what he deserved, and there, which wasn't even a punch. And there was, was a moment, a Devin, Devin Toner did a high tackle um, on Nicolas Sanchez. And if you, you look at the, the replay of, of it, it was a high tackle, it was a penalty. Yeah. Nic- oh, yeah. Nicolas Sanchez did a, a big football, like, oh, rev, like arms in the air, face screwed up, screaming, like, I'm playing for a yellow card. It just, we've got, we, we, we've said it. You listen to the podcast over the last couple of years, and JB's probably said it more than, more than me and Phil, but we've all <laughs> said me it. now, believe me we've later. All, we've all said it. We have got to stop this slide towards football because we, we can deny that it's happening as much as you want. But it is happening, and it's happening with little tiny baby steps. But it's happening. I, I actually, I'm, I'm the opposite of Jay. I actually think the the processes they've got in place are the right ones. But I think even with those processes, people are making incorrect decisions, like the pickamoles, like the slap down. Those two yellow cards shouldn't have been yellow cards, but they were right to go to the TMO. Yeah. But they got the wrong decision. Yeah. So I just, it's so frustrating that they're so close to being, to get it all spot on. But they still managed to to mess it up. Right. Mm. We we spent a long time talking about refereeing. There was so much amazing rugby to talk about. Yeah, that's a very good point, Tim. Because this opening, however many minutes, twenty minutes, is probably sound very negative. But well, it was such such a good weekend. It well, was brilliant. I keep every game I was watching, <laughs> with the exception of the New Zealand game. To me, was game of the tournament. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Wales was game of the tournament, and then another game happened, and then. New, um, Argentina Argentina Iowa. was game of the tournament oh. and then Australia was game, oh, game of the tournament you're forgetting about Japan South Africa because Japan, oh, well, well, no, that was game of the tournament too Japan yeah. still the only Northern Hemisphere team to beat a Southern Hemisphere <laughs> team in the World Cup <laughs> quite incredible yeah so Ireland I kind of feel a little sorry for them but not as sorry as I am impressed over Argentina uh, I mean they and Scotland in some ways are quite similar as in how attacking they are out, out wide yeah I've been saying it for a long time. That back three of Argentina, you have is right, unbelievable. Here, mm. Phil, here, Phil, back about, <laughs> about a year ago. Believe him now. That, yeah. that will definitely catch on. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it made me laugh. Um, thing what, is, thing is, the number of things you say, hear me now, believe me later about some of them are going to be right. Phil, though. Is very very small I'm, in the number of things he goes on about. But one of the things on the he goes on issues, about was how good Argentina's attacking play is, particularly the, their back three. On the big issues, I always get it right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it made me laugh that uh, the fullback is Imoff. Fullback. Took a lay. Took a lay. Imoff the winger. Yeah, uh, who scored jo- two tries? Yeah. Uh, is it Joaquin or, jo- or Joaquin Tukele? Joaquin Tukele was released by Cardiff Blues. Oh, how I laugh! And and uh, so, was was not used very much by Sale Sharks. Yeah, that was he there as well. He yeah. was a sale shock. Tell you what, that that doesn't bode well for England when Diamond's head coach. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, no, not, nor does their result against Saracens, but uh, no. maybe maybe we'll have time to touch on that a well, bit later. I say that he was released by Cardiff Blues. Apparently, he had to be released by Cardiff Blues to go to the franchise over to um, uh, in the franchise in Argentina. But let's not let let the facts get in the way of a, <laughs> of, of a good laugh. No, that that is a frightening prospect. That that most of that Argentina squad are going to be playing for the Super Rugby franchise. Like, well, I mean, think what they've learned from the Rugby Championship. If they, they're yeah. going to have a club side playing international rugby, yeah, yeah, basically, that's scary. Yeah. I mean, Ireland effectively have that in Leinster. Um, <laughs> it will make the world of difference. Being paid properly, training properly, youth facilities, access, to, so they will be available for the national team all of the time, exactly. rather than the players in front. The the only concern I do have is that the youngsters coming through who might not get blooded as soon as they would otherwise would do, because they're uh, 
They've got a full international start I mean, in 23. Well, here's a question. I don't think it will happen for financial reasons, but uh, is there an argument that Argentina should get included on a Lions tour? Yes, absolutely. 100%. There's, there's not there's not the local club sides to yeah for them to play the, the midweek games against. They don't need the local club club sides, do they? Because they could land in say I don't know Chicago and have a quick game. No, no, they could they could land in Canada. They could do North America. It could, it could be the Americas, and they but they play yeah. a test series against yeah. Argentina midweek plays so Canada like, and, and USA and but the tournament no trophy but just play for Malvinas. Yeah, I, I said this today. I said, right, we should incentivize the Argentines to win, to win the World Cup by offering them the Falklands. <laughs> um, why do you call it Mal, uh, uh, Malvinas, you traitor? It's not Malvinas, it's the Falklands. Okay. That's the, you, <laughs> the game. Oh, yeah, what a game. The, the start. I, I, I was... Because I'm, I'm writing another blog for uh, Canterbury for this, this game. Mm-hmm. I've not, not, got, uh, not got tickets out of this one. Unfortunately, but um, you did get yourself a nice England singlet. I did. Uh, it's a, it's I would have a... asked for more, a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, no. I enjoyed your last one. I'm looking forward to reading this blog. Uh, it won't be as good because I've not had a full day out. But uh, I've been doing a lot of research into this game, and I, I was just thinking, they're they're well balanced. They've got experienced heads. They've both got solid packs. Good decision making half backs, and then the way that Argentina started the game. They, yeah. 12 minutes 12 minutes in and there were 17 points to nil down and Tommy Bowe was being stretched off yeah. I thought that was it that was it. game over but his replacement Luke Fitz- Fitzgerald came on scored one try set one up and Ireland ground their yeah. way back into it and what do you think about Luke Fitzgerald I mean he's suffered a lot of injuries over the last six years but six years ago he well, seven years ago even he was a British and British Irish lion. lion and yeah. a hell of a lion he actually started a, started the second test yeah yeah, yeah. So, um, and then so with 20 minutes to go so after 20 minutes Ireland yeah. were out of it with 20 minutes to go it was a three point game and then Argentina in those last 20 minutes they were incredible I suppose if you're going to pick two times to be really good it would be just after the after starting whistle and just before the final whistle yeah but, it, it's, it's two, two 40 minutes so we Ireland were the better team in the middle 40 minutes and Argentina were the, the better team in the, the first and but last the, but they but, were much better than was, Ireland were better they were the one, so clinical Madigan actually had, a, had another solid game, um, and I'm pleased. Did he? I'm pleased that he's got rid of his high and tight haircut. I'm glad the hair. <laughs> he obviously gone. saw because there was so much focus on Julian Surveyor. He obviously saw how rubbish that hairstyle is, <laughs> only worn by hipsters, and it is going to look. It's one of those haircuts that's going to date really badly. It's going to be like Kevin Keegan with his perm. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going people in 20 years are going to look back at rugby players and go, "What were that New Zealand 2015 World Cup winning team? What were they thinking? Look how bad their hairstyles are." But yes. yeah, Madigan got rid of his. I mean, Ireland will have no complaints. They stuck in, but they they didn't have the they didn't have enough to to beat Argentina. I don't think worthy, I don't think worthy semi finalists. All of their players, they would have beaten Argentina. Oh well, you look at who they've lost. So Argentina have lost a few players. Yeah. They, they, they're, they're two tighted props down. They've lost um, Gallarza, Galatza, yep. Galatza uh, in the second row, and they've lost Bosch. Yeah. So uh, Ireland have lost four players as well, but it's the experienced decision-making team. So they lost O'Connell, O'Mahony, O'Brien and Sexton mm. who have between they between them they have more than 250 international caps. But is that 20 it's and massive? And again O'Brien's only got himself to blame. The other three were injuries, but yeah. Yeah. Well, well yeah, but is that 20 points difference? Um it's, it's a big difference. And so I just think we should just congratulate Argentina because it was brilliant and I'm be- 
beautiful stash, lovely grey V-neck jumpers worn by all the coaching oh, teams yeah. as well. Some yeah. fine knitwear. We wouldn't mind one of those little Puma grey V-neck jumpers for I'd a round love, of golfing. I'd yeah. love one of those. Um, yeah. I just think now, um, I'm not entirely sure if Australia is as good as we think. I know that sounds ridiculous because they've just gone through England. So, look, this is the perfect example of JB. You always you have total conviction in what you say, but Which, you completely flip flop. They have one great. They have a couple of good. I said they would beat England. I said that Wales would run them close, which both happened. But then on the evidence of today's game, which was Scotland, Scotland running them close. I, I think you said they were the best team in the World Cup. On what I'd seen, I, but I mean, when I saw them, they played Wales, they played England, and All Blacks had only played played Argentina start yeah. and then a bunch of nobodies. So relatively, at the time, they were very, very good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you don't make too many relative statements. Uh, I anyway. make all relative statements. <laughs> I keep away from the absolute, then you'll be in trouble. You did make one absolute last week. What's that? And you said that Wales's pack was going to dominate right. South Africa's ex- pack. Okay, I, they did exactly as I thought. They outworked them and they out and they out-tackled them. Was it domination? Well, if they'd have won, you'd have said that the, that the Welsh pack had, 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 had won the battle. And I think that on balance, it probably still did. Mm, dominate is definitely... The, so the South African pack did win the, the battle. If you give the ball back right to what we consider one of the nastiest packs in the world, over and over again, and you just hammer them in, in, um, into submission over and over again, turn over the ball, kick it back, let them c- c- come at you, I think that is a victory. At the end of the day, it was two two world class players doing what world class players do. Well, but or, the, the or was it one village idiot who managed to get a place on the wing for oh. Wales, just <laughs> deciding to I'm... deciding to step in on Vermulen, uh, Vermalen? How we, yeah. we've been criticised about how we say it. We've been saying Vermalen, which is exactly how Fury Dupree, yeah, the South game. African captain, calls him. By the way, so we're, we're going to carry on calling him that yeah. if you have a problem. Anyway, but the V-man. It, Cuthbert, if you decide to step in on Vermalen, you have got to nail him and the ball. Yeah. yeah, but then you have to. It's, it's, yeah, you know, if if the Marlin tries to pass conventionally, Cuthbert's probably got him. But the Marlin didn't look where he was passing. He threw an, a ridiculous offload, an unbelievable offload. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. Unbe- what are you gonna do? You know, it's just but one of those Cuth- things. Cuthbert shouldn't have stepped in the way he did. No, because... but there was the thing. I can't remember exactly what, but the the scrum didn't go to plan. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't scrum, going that way. The back row was further away. Yeah, but the Marlin was half snagged, and there was more than enough time for the the back row to uh, to get mm. him. He messed it up, and it cost him. It cost him the game. I think it's a very, very harsh thing. The best quote about Cuff that I've heard all World Cup is, "The harder he tries, the worse it gets." <laughs> and I, I think that's so, so, so true. Yeah, he wasn't great. But uh, yeah, just going, on to, just going on to Scout Berger, who who was man of the match. He was a clear deserved man of the match. He's changed his game so much. Going back to the two thousand, I've never seen. I've never seen him play like that. I, more and more these days, if watching the rugby championship, he plays more and more as a, a distributing seven. Um, he, is, he still carries well, like, like Rob Shaw, for instance. Well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> if Rob Shaw wants to be an international seven or an international back row, he needs, based on his skill set, he needs to watch that performance of Scout Berger because he was carrying, he was tackling, he was turning over, but his distribution was was what made it. And here's a little fact for you on the domination of the Welsh pack. Scout Berger made twice as many metres in hand as the whole Welsh pack. Wow. Wow, wow. That's, That's huge. <laughs> but there again, stats tell you very little about the game. That, no, that, that tells you something. And that, it does tell you something. All the One stats... player getting double the yards of the whole I eight men, it. that tells, that tells you a massive amount. I get it, right. But all you need to do is look at the stats. Excuse me. 
Oh, sorry, <laughs> I actually have to find out. JB's um, just getting undressed in the rugby dungeon. Two, By the way, JB, what, while we've got it? this natural break and you're getting undressed, what's with the tripod and the oh, camera I, and the mirror in the rugby oh, dungeon? Yeah. No, I needed to store my store my camera somewhere for Broughton Park. Camera's now safely in Broughton Park. Um, have you turned your <laughs> in the showers? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> have you turned your mic on? Yes, I have. Is that okay? Yeah. Sorry. Now, sorry, when we're talk, talk, talking about stats, uh, they, they are pretty much useless for, for, predicting, uh, for predicting a winner. So the stats in Wales, South Africa, reflected exactly how both teams played. One had all, one had all of the possession and the other kicked it away and just tackled. I think Wales missing like three times more tackles in South, Af- South Africa. That it's, twice, have, it's twice as many. Are yeah. you trying to tell me that... Wait, that you, you're, you seem to be saying it went exactly to plan for Wales. Do you think Wales were intending to not have possession of the ball for yeah. most of the game? Pretty much, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think Ireland do it. I think Wales do it. I don't think it's, it's, do a, hell, it's a hell of a strategy. Yeah, no, I... I don't think they would have liked to give up as much territory as no. they did because uh, South Africa did have a lot of ball. Yeah, but the, South Africa, apart from that one moment of magic, they found it very difficult to to break that Wales line. So I would have th- thought Wales would be comfortable, but it's it's the territory they didn't want to give away, and they they did. I was going to say that that strategy is all is all a territorial based strategy. Yes, and, and, yeah. and so that, that's about well, it's just risk, you, isn't it? we're going to so make risky. we're going to make you run from. In your own twenty-two, and we're going to absorb yeah, but, everything you've got. But yeah, what you've got to remember, though, is but it's a bit. Is what I'm saying is, Warren Gatland really struggles to beat Southern Hemisphere teams. Is that because that strategy is fundamentally naive against people that have such high skill sets that they can get out of their own twenty-two? If they I need would to? suggest it is the only strategy that he could employ with the players av- available to him. But look, the, look, I mean, look the reason look, that they lose Scot- a, a, a Wales player is so much less skillful than Scotland's. Probably not wide. Yeah, probably in the centres, the centres which were available to Wales and the and the wingers and the fullback. Yeah, pro- probably. And also, when you've got that pack that works so hard, I actually think it's more that the Welsh pack is that much better than the, than the Scottish pack. Mm. It is a legitimate strategy, but it is high risk because as soon as one thing goes wrong, you can't chase a game, and you need to be so much fitter than another international team full of world-class professionals. Um, like France, what disappoints me about France so much these days and under Philippe Saint-André, and for, probably for the best part of a decade now, is that I grew up loving watching France have the kind of ball skills that we watch New Zealand, Australia mm-hmm. with at the moment, and Argentina as well. Argentina, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it also disappoints me, that's what I remember about Wales. Of all the, of yeah. all the United Kingdom, uh, Brit- British and Irish teams... Wales were the ones who grew up with, say, the, with these skills, and where, where have they gone? I will say this: Gatland has a saying, and I've said it loads of times, which is his team will be the best at the, at the jobs that require no skill. Now, this probably isn't a very fa- also a very fashionable answer, but attacking play requires you have some extremely talented individuals. That if you don't have those skills, is this you where, just don't have those skills. So, is again, I'm just going to throw it out there: is this again when we talked about it on the last podcast? A global season and summer rugby. Are we actually going to get those skills in the northern hemisphere until we actually have a seismic change and do something like that? You look at Argentina and their skills were absolutely immaculate. France and Argentina both played um, Ireland in the last week, and France had a couple of opportunities where they had overlaps. They had two, three man overlaps, and they drifted and they didn't straighten up, and their passing was slack and behind the man. And they just blew them. They, it's very easy to defend. Argentina had similar opportunities, and they their skill set from from all their players like um, Creevy, Creevy in the line, Support Fernandez, lines, Lobby in Fernandez, the line. Lobby. What a, yeah, what and can a we player. just point they, out that just they were so good at it? I know France does get cold and it does rain there, but it's. 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It is drier in the south of France, right, than it is in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. And yet they don't seem to have the ball skills which you would assume that, that, that they would... No, they, they're, 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 obsessed, they're obsessed with size in France, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Because the majority of the, the rugby is played in winter, maybe. And New Zealand New Zealand have big players, but let's get on to New Zealand for a second, because I think well, the, the New Zealand they, have, they just than... have athleticism. Well, do you know what? I'm going to have to um, correct you there, because the New Zealand pack was actually I, bigger than the French pack by, I, pack by 20 kilograms. I, I don't care if they were bigger. The, yeah. the, what they have is athleticism. They have... Um, they're like Brody Retallick, perfect example. Yeah, he's bigger than the the French second rows, but he's a proper athlete with proper ball skills. Yeah, yeah can't disagree with that. Yeah, uh, Dane Coles. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Dane. What's his name from? What the hell's his name from? Dane, uh, Dane Bowers. Dane, Dane Bowers. I keep wanting to say that. <laughs> <laughs> is there an actor called Dane Cook as well? An annoying. No, Dane about. Cook is a comedian. I think. Yeah, yeah. comedy. Yeah. yeah, Dane Bowers had some uh, involvement in rugby recently, didn't he? What? Let's not no no. What? Let's leave this well alone. <laughs> do you not know this, Tim? I, you must know no, this. I don't know this. What? Um, um, he was. Uh, do you want to do it? Uh, I don't know all the facts, but well, I don't need to know the facts. So it, this might be, might be my wheelhouse. It involved a court case with his g- girlfriend and a caravan. Ian, his and girlfriend, Ian, a caravan, and Ian Goff. And Ian Goff, yes. Ian Ian Goff. Well, oh, no, what, no, was he involved in Goff? that? It was Ian Goff's a cricketer. No, that's Darren Goff. Darren Goff. No, it is Ian Goff. <laughs> Ian yeah, yeah. Goff. Yeah, is this the one well. that was actually found to be nothing? Uh, yeah, yes. not... Ian Goff was completely acquitted and yeah, uh, found to have done nothing. Proved to be yes. a great guy. Yes, yeah, real but... good lad. Nice Harley Davidson. Yeah. Yeah, lovely Harley Davidson that Jeb Sinclair <laughs> went naked on. Here we go. <laughs> wow. I can't hear Dane Bowers anywhere. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> There you go. There you go. I'd literally rather listen to Dane Cook sing. I can't <laughs> believe it. Who would have predicted at the start of this podcast that we'd have been playing Victoria Beckham and Dane Bowers? And actually, Dane Bowers has a legitimate rugby connection. There you go. He does. Wow. Do you know what? The next charity match would be funny. Do you know when they do like Rugby for <laughs> Heroes? If somehow they lure, they lure Dane, <laughs> Dane, ba- Bowers Dane Bowers to play. And on the other side, Ian Goff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Now you're I'd talking. Like Dane, you're going to play eight, and Ian, you're going to play six. <laughs> Brilliant. It'd be, it'd be good to have uh, Stan Collymore on the Dane Bowers side and Ooh. the 2003 Bath Pack. Oh, no. The, who, the the one, the, who were the ones that were fighting side? in... It was a, a Dublin Burger King. Wasn't it, it? Stan Collymore and, and it's a, uh, there was one guy in back. Grucock. No, no, it was. I tell you who it was. I, I know it was Danny Grucock. No, it wasn't. It's was a South African centre. No one would take on Danny Grucock. <laughs> no, it's a South African centre. And I can't. Who was it? Um, just while we're trying to think about that, we've just been tweeted uh, by Russ. <laughs> Russ655 on Twitter. He's tweeted at Rugby Podcast just now. Uh, and he's just ta- he's taken a picture of Craig Joubert's current Wikipedia page, which I'm sure won't last for long because it currently says Craig Paul Joubert is a South African professional rugby union referee who oh. hates the Scotland National Rugby Union. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're going to have to leave this, um, <clears throat> this South African sense and we'll come back to it. I just can't remember. Right. Can't remember it. Anyway. <laughs> New Zealand. Come on. Yes. They, they've set a new benchmark, even by their own standards. I don't really know where to start with this, because let's go back to stats again. Do you have, do you have the stats <clears throat> readily available, Phil? I do. Can well, you just read them to Tim? Meters made is... Uh, 700 to 400 in New Zealand's favour. But besides that, possession, possession 49-51, territory 48-52, uh, line, uh, sorry, defenders beaten 20 to 24, offloads 10 to 7 in France's favour, tackles, New, Ze- New Zealand made 96 to 71 to France's 71, and they both missed around the 20 tackles. Wow. You would not have predicted that score from those stats. Well, no, that's no. the whole point. You can never predict any score from stats because you don't really know what they mean. But having watched the game, it tells you that it just it demonstrates the difference in clinical finishing between New Zealand and France. Ultimately, <laughs> on the face of it, they were similar, had similar amounts of possession and territory, similar defenders beaten. Actually, France made more tackles. Sorry, New Zealand made more tackles, but New Zealand were just so clinical. Every time they broke the line, the support was there, the offloads were there. And they finished it and, this, and I'd bubble that mm. down to two very, very, very simple elements. One, New Zealand play territory better than anybody in world rugby. They, they kick quite a lot, but they make sure they, they get into the right areas first and then they play. And secondly, their skill set is unrivaled. Yeah, and, I think and, it's the skills which are a big difference. And that's what we were talking about in terms of Northern Hemisphere. I mean, it's, it's not hard to identify what the difference is and why... Why, you know, why, why we have a semi-final full of Southern Hemisphere teams. But you know what the really difficult. annoying thing is, though? The, re- the thing which really gets my goat, which we, I know the skills are good. I know I've, I've seen them and I was as impressed by anyone. But there are two teams in the, nor- in the nor- Northern Hemisphere that should be banging down, down the doors time and time again. And it should be France and it should be England. And there's no excuse for either of these sides being the way that they are in, in, in this World Cup. It really, really gets to me. Have you watched the Aviva Premiership? I love it. A gripping tournament. And again, we had some yeah. great... We, but... Our national team in England plays like the teams in the Aviva Premiership play. And in France, the national team plays like the teams, teams in the yeah. top 14 yeah, play. Yeah, because they're the so, top players available to them, I guess. And that goes down to kids, uh, right, you know, at the very grassroots level. It goes down to, in Australia and New Zealand, as we've talked about on previous podcasts, players get separated by weight in Australia. Mm. Whereas in England, it's separated by age and you get a whole year group. So inevitably, there's the one kid who grows early, he gets the ball, runs through, and doesn't pass, just barges his way over. It's the same in Wales. Yep. Well, uh, a bit of exciting news about kids' rugby in England. They've eliminated the knock-on. 
My have they? Y- yes, they have. Get out! Wow. Of town. No, they have eliminated the knock-on for. I'm not sure what age group, but it's to encourage passing. Is it to like under fives or something really? It's low? very. It's like under tens. I, I don't care. That's huge. Which is exactly what I've been calling for for a long time. Yeah, you can go back and listen to old podcasts where JB's Maverick, and I still want to see a senior game with no with with yeah. no knock-on rules. And on the face of it, it seems ridiculous, but actually, when you think about it, yeah. yeah. But do you know what I think? Dangerous with my genius plan. I think the danger is that breakdowns get sloppy because players are so tired, and there's more penalties. That's the big danger for me. Well, no, but no. What it would what it would be is players would have to put Slim a down. greater emphasis on cardiovascular fitness, yeah. and so they would shed a few kgs. It'd be very, and then you wouldn't have these massive collisions that that, yeah. mean, that that mean we're having these injuries that mean that we're getting these referee decisions. And it comes back round to what we were talking about at the start with the TMOs and all the rest of it. It would look very peculiar though to see like fifteen Paula Radcliffe's play fifteen Paula Radcliffe's. <laughs> well, it'd be, the, the physique would be more like rugby league. Where yeah. it, it's a more even in rugby league, you can't automatically te- look at someone and say, "Is he a prop? Is he a centre?" Well, Rob Burrow would uh, give it away. No, I mean, he's, he's everyone would look like Sonny Bill Williams. Oh, and now you're talking. Oh ama- yeah, and what an amazing oh, yeah. proposition that is. God, his shorts were short, weren't they? He had some tiny shorts. Good. <laughs> oh yeah, love short shorts. <laughs> he is a ridiculous specimen. So, what do we take of uh, out of New Zealand going into the next round against who they got? Is it Argentina? No, South Africa. South Africa. Do you know what? That's if they're going to struggle with a team, I guess it would be South Africa. But they've battered South Africa last two times. They're going yeah. to the final. Aren't they? There's no, there's no stopping them. They can, they can match them up front, and they can man for man. Their uh, outside backs aren't significantly better but the way that they play the skill set the offload in the support lines it's it's almost telepathic when they offload without looking and the next man is just there at full pace I know how do you, how do you stop that yeah. how can you possibly if someone draws two defenders offloads it blindly and the next man is just sprinting onto the ball into the gap that's that's a culture of that's how of of playing with those skills and like you say it's it's the fact and Argentina were the same it's the fact that at that full pace they're yeah. able to execute and that, that's um it's it's another level and I, I I'd love to see a New Zealand Argentina final for that reason that would be yes I, I'd hope it wouldn't be a, an arm wrestle kg arm wrestle like the last couple, last few World Cup finals really it would be uh oh I don't think that this one will. Well, I can't. I can't see. I don't think. Yeah. South, maybe South Africa or Argentina could be a KG on wrestle, but the other teams aren't, aren't built for it. No, they no. would just have to play. Mm. Yeah. Defin- be... Definitely. I think we should talk about that. I think we'll do a podcast once the teams come out and stuff. Yes. And we can pre- we can preview the the semi-finals and the Premiership and all the rest of it exactly. later on in the week. Agreed. Um, but just New Zealand would just. I, but everything that we've seen from this New Zealand side in the last ten years. I, I don't know if it's overemphasizing it to say they they stepped it up again to another but level we've not seen yet seen I before. Would, I would just temper that by saying France were very very poor, were very poor. Apart from there's three players I think come out of it with any credit on the French side. I think Pickamols uh, never gave up trying, mm. carried like a hero. Um, I thought that Fafana made two or three very good breaks. Fafana's okay, yeah. And Spedding, Spedding, good Spedding. Uh, the rest of them, they just didn't know what they were doing. They were yeah. all at sea. Yeah, they were just and all they, at sea, and they didn't look bothered. Right, what have we got? Uh, what have we got left to talk about on this Wait. podcast, though? So we got Wales? the Premiership. Well, b- what, we've what, also what? got the Northern Hemisphere fifteen. If you want to do that, yes. 
We Robbie will, Flack. We will. Robbie Flack. That's the centre. Yes. Robbie Flack. Yes. Uh, we, I thought it was Devette Barry, but it's not. It's Robbie Flack. I mean, on any other weekend, we'd be raving about what a brilliant Premiership weekend this was. Um, but uh, we, we just haven't had the time and space. We will get to the Premiership a little bit. Um, I was there at, at Bath, so we'll, I'll definitely. How was that? Oh yeah, well, I was I was reporting for BT Sport. So if you see the fella handing George Ford his uh, Viva Premiership Man of the Match bottle of champagne in a pair of mustard slacks, that was me. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, we'll get onto that. But like you said, I think we should. I think you're right, Phil. We should do our Northern Hemisphere team of the tournament because when it was the end of the group stages and the Tier Two teams were all eliminated, we we did a Tier Two team of the tournament. Now let's do a Northern Hemisphere team of the tournament. Now. Are you thinking there's going to be some overlap with the Tier 2 team? I would have thought so. Good, good. That, that's good, because I was just wondering if you wanted to do just the Six Nations no, teams. But no, no, no. No, I'm, I'm happy with that. So let's start at the front then, and uh, props. There's not many English, Welsh uh, props that did themselves any... I, I'm, I'm just going to... Well, not when it comes to scrimmaging, no. I'm just no. going to ignore both front rows pretty much in general. Well, you're not going to put um, Francis in, though? Tom Francis. Yeah, no, they're, they're right in. Uh, what, no. what, what, what with his no carries, no, <laughs> no, tackles. no tackles. Yeah, maybe not then. <laughs> uh, I, I think there's two, two in there for me. Uh, Eddie Benarus. Yeah. That's good one. And Masataka. I was going to say the Japanese. Mikami. The Japanese yeah. prop. Absolutely. Yeah. And and Either the Japanese, or. the Japanese hooker would be a contender. Yeah, because well. his yes. uh, his arrows were, were were pretty straight throughout the whole tournament. Yeah. Yes, very straight. I thought Ross Ford did very well as well. Yeah. Ross All Ford. Right. A couple of years ago, we were saying, how the hell do you have a hooker who can neither hook nor throw? Yeah, exactly. He's, Ford, he's like the Scottish Dave Ward. Is he not? Does he not have, like, we're talking about Sonny Bill Williams. Does he not have one of the best physiques in oh, rugby? Yeah. yeah, he looks like it. I mean, I, I think he's got that form by just looking the part. Yeah. Do you know the guy who shows up the training? God, this guy's great. Yeah. yeah. But after after 94 Scotland caps, he's finally starting to play like an international rugby yeah. player as well. Yeah. Uh, so go on, then we'll chuck Ross Ford in. Uh, second rows. Oh, tight head. Oh yeah, tight. Sorry, uh, what's his name from Georgia? Uh, Kirikashvili. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claremont. He's in. Yeah. Oh, w- yeah, WP Nell of Scotland. Oh, again. Yeah. oh yeah, he's he, very good. He, he was a good anchor for them. Yeah, second rows. Um, hmm. <sighs> well, is he? I mean, obviously, I would go for Alan Wynn and I'd go for Chartres. I think you have one of them. One of them. Not both of them, because there have been some other very good locks. Uh, Johnny Gray's been good. Yeah. Uh, Ian yep. Henderson, I think, has been superb. <laughs> But not, he hasn't had the three big games that the Welsh locks have had. Uh, I'd go for Win Jones and Henderson. <laughs> All okay. right. All right, cool. Back row then. You have to have Gorgodzer in there. Yeah, Gorgodzer is a given. And Warburton. Warburton probably. And then I'd say uh, Denton definitely. Yes. Serves yeah, a mention. He was massive in that game today. And Sean O'Brien's performance against France was absolutely exceptional. But he then <laughs> didn't play and... Had he been playing, he could have made a significant difference. Yeah. So All maybe right. Warburton, Denton, and Gorgodza. Done. Nine then. I thought the Japanese nine was awesome. I can't remember his name. Fumaki but Tanaka. Yeah, because everything relies on him getting there and moving that ball quickly. So quickly. I thought Laidlaw was exceptional. Yeah, Laidlaw was good actually. And he's one of the top point scorers in the tournament. And Gareth Davies as well scored some very mm. important tries. And, yeah, he came out of nowhere. He was not even expecting to play. Yes, exactly. So can we give it to Mike Phillips? <laughs> did he play a single minute that isn't the point <laughs> in some of the build up we saw the replay of his try against Ireland in that quarter final in the last World Cup we saw that in the build up 
for games. So that's he, he, that's that was his exactly. involvement in the World a Cup. Good try as well. Good, good team try. man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Real good team. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fly half. Uh, only one, and no one else even comes close. As well as concerned. Bigger. Correct. Uh, centers. Barrett oh. and Burgess. <laughs> yeah, uh, not the. Uh, God. Uh, I, I'm going to sound horribly partisan, oh, but oh, I think it's got to be Roberts. Hold on, what about the. The, the, the we've, got, we've got Canada in the USA we could have we could pick in the Northern Hemisphere as well. Yeah, we ca- we could pick them. Um, and we what's his do. name? D- D- that Canadian centre. D- DCH. Yeah, DCH has been awesome. Oh, DCH on the wing. On the possibly. wing, well, Kieran, yeah. Kieran Hearn has yeah. been good. But. I, I would probably go for... You miss Cuddles, by the way, as you're one of your second I, I mentioned him, but yeah. I think you two were both talking at the time. <laughs> Sorry, I Phil. I always mention Jamie Cudmore, even if he's <laughs> ineligible for the 15. Yeah. He gets a, a mention. And we're previewing the World Cup final. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, um, for me, it's got to be Roberts again. I, I would have Henshaw in there as well. I think Henshaw's been better than Roberts. No. I, I think he has as well. No. I think I think Roberts has been blunted because yeah. because he's so one-dimensional. Yeah, um, but I, I he's think... He's also mo- mocked out of every game. Well, yeah, yeah, no, but, but this is it. But the, the, going back to it, and I'm not criticising what Wales can do and how effective it can be, but everyone knows what's coming. Yeah. And nowadays, five years ago, Jamie Roberts's size and strength was a lot more effective than it is now when everybody's massive and everyone can stand up to that. Yeah. I just, I just yeah. don't think he's the weapon. And he's that, still, he's, not, he's not the weapon he was. Well, I, I think on the on the basis of what I've seen, Henshaw's been better. Yeah, I, I would say so as well. Uh, you, you could have both of them. You could mm. shift Henshaw to 13 because, I mean, JJ, possibly, mm. Bennett, possibly. Mm. Uh, Bennett, no, actually, Bennett, 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 Bennett played bloody good. well today. Bennett is good. Uh, yeah. And then wingers? Wingers, you've... I mean, the only England player you maybe mentioned would be Watson. Watson, yeah. Watson's got the show. It's not. It's definitely not the Welsh wingers. What's happened to George North? It's just not himself. I thought just that was his quite. best game, but he's not been. No, I mean but he's not getting much ball. Ball either. To, yeah, to be fair, he's not getting much ball. He has had a six-month layoff leading into this, and yeah. I know they were wrapping him in cotton wool yeah. prior to the tournament. I get scared every time he hits a ruck. I do. Don't God. touch him! Don't touch him! <laughs> uh, DTH has to get a mention. Definitely. Uh, definitely. As a as a winger for Canada, he's shown up really well. Yeah. Oh, and we, we should have mentioned also Finn Russell as a, you know, uh, honourable mention only. For a 10. Yeah. Oh, uh, Hog, uh, Hog, Hog at fullback, without a doubt. Ahead of Goromaru? I think Goromaru's... Oh, can we move one of them onto the wing? Because Goromaru is actually the one I'd, I'd, I'd like to play. Uh, Hog onto the wing. That's, that's, is that three Japanese players in our Northern Hemisphere team in the tournament? At least three. At least Poss- three. Possibly, <laughs> possibly four. Yeah. Goromaru at fullback. Let's go off. Watson, just because he's... In such a poor team, he's looked so good. He has looked so good. forward. DTH on the wing and Goromaru at 15. Yeah. Fine. Honourable mentions for the rest. Yes. Uh, Right, Aviva Premiership then. What a weekend. Started on Friday night. And um, I've been a long-standing fan of Dean Ryan. I've I've, stuck with him through thick and thin. Yeah, you really have. I've put up with so much stick over the years for saying I, I think Dean Ryan is a good coach. I think he's a good bloke. And I think he's a good leader of men. And uh, the amount of stick I've got. <laughs> All credit to you, Tim. I mean, on you waited fun... three years to be right. No, hang on. Six years if you count his, like, his Gloucester days. You look at that Worcester team on paper and you just, I mean, you well, you did write them off yeah. last week. I think nobody thought they would. I didn't think they'd, they, I didn't think they'd beat Northampton. No, no, I didn't. Northampton were blunt. They they just tried, they tried to do, they tried to do what 
South African Wales try and do really, which is we've got big guys, uh, we can arm wrestle you and we'll win. I thought Northampton were arrogant. That's what I thought. Um, they came in there, they expected to win, and they showed nothing. No, that's yeah. that's what yeah. I mean. I think it's, they just thought they were just going to run over the top of them yeah. and out out muscle them. One out runners the whole time. Yeah, it, it was. Worcester at least tried to play some rugby. Mm. I thought Heathcote played really well, albeit he did miss three kicks in the second yeah. half. If he'd have got those, they would have been. Donoco Callahan was awesome. Um, he might be a hell of a signing. Dowson was, yeah, yeah. Out, was outstanding. Good lead- and they're good leaders to get, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could say Donoco Callahan's a bit of a risk because he is, he is past it. But, you know, maybe you don't need him to win Heineken Cups, you just need him to stay in the Premiership. Yeah. So it's a big difference. Half of it was Worcester did play better than expected. Half of it was Northampton were very disappointed. Yeah. That team on paper was was excellent. And there's a lot of players there who would want to put their hand up for England. Um, well, Foden would be Foden, the obvious one. Burrell, Big Luth. That drop goal at the end was absolutely superb. It was exactly what they deserved. Yeah, even though Worcester... Even though they were better, the better team for most of it, they almost lost this game. Mm. It was only that that drop goal, which was in the 81st minute of the match, yeah. that won it. Let's let, well, let's go to the rec because it's very, very similar. Bath should have lost that game, and I think it's a mark of a champion, champion type team that you eke out those ugly wins. Exeter have never ever won at the rec, and they will not get a better chance. They should have finished Bath off with 20 to go. Mm. Yeah. Are you allowed to give us any behind-the-scenes chat from BT Sport? What's it, what, yeah. What, well, what's it like there compared to, say, radio? So I've, I've done radio lots. TV, was is, there's more There's more people. It's more it's bu- people everywhere. It's buzzing. You have the canteen truck or whatever it's called, the food trucks and stuff that they all go and eat. I, I had breakfast at one of them. It's very Ooh. nice. Yeah. Did you have, a, a, like, a mirror with lights around it? <laughs> <laughs> like big light oh. bulbs? No. No, oh. but, no, but you sit on this production bus and uh, so it was Austin Healy and uh, Sarah Elgan or is it Sarah Easterby I'm not Sarah sure. Elgan Easterby Elster Elgan Easterby and Nick Kennedy production team so we sat and had our little meeting I don't think people realise the actual production value that goes into filming what seems so, so simple I mean well I think that's the point it's like a good referee you don't notice when you don't notice <laughs> all the little subtleties in it then you know they're doing a good job and yeah there's so much behind the scenes anyway I was, I was, get, I was hoping that you'd come back from there because it's like your first time working with BT and there'd be like some sort of initiation or hazing, and maybe you come back with shaved hair. Well, or... there was an incident with a pig. <laughs> <laughs> what, oh? <laughs> no, uh, there really wasn't. Um, maybe that's for another day. <laughs> that's what I wanted to say about George Ford. So I'm, I sort of jokingly sort of said, oh, yeah, I was the guy giving him the bottle of champagne and the mustard chinos, blah, blah, blah. But I mentioned it after England-Wales game when there was the little huddle and they decided to go for touch. Yeah. And George Ford was right in the middle of it and looking like he was holding court. George Ford in that post-match chat had this sort of intensity in his eyes and said stuff with such conviction that I just thought, you're a leader. You are a leader. Now, I don't know if... I'm not saying Chris Robshaw won't be captain come the Six Nations, but I'm just going to put it out there. Next England captain, the next England captain, if it's not... Whenever it's not Chris Robshaw, should be George Ford. Hmm. He's got this burning intensity in him. The papers keep mentioning Brown, but I didn't see that, really. The problem... Well, Brown is very good, but he's good a bit vice. too fiery. Be a good vice, a good leadership figure, yeah, but not a captain but, per se. Yeah. But I, Ford would be interesting. If uh, Mike Ford goes to England, then uh, he's a shoe in. There's <laughs> not many 
international by halves who were captains from from memory. I mean, I can't remember many. It's normally forwards. Yeah, it's normally forwards. Like Johnny Wilkinson was captain. I don't, I'm not but, even sure he played a game. Yeah, he was only a captain on when paper. other people were injured. And no, no, he was actually official England captain. Was he? Yeah, he was. Two I'm thousands. not. Not two I'm not sure he played a single game as captain. He was named captain. So he's still at Newcastle. I think he got his kidney injury against Bristol. When was and, that then? Um, About 2005. Yeah, I reckon it's straight after the World Cup. We will need to look it up. I think it's straight after the World Cup. Martin Johnson retires. Martin Johnson re- retires. Johnny Wilkinson gets into a car crash, doesn't he, and, uh, and does his shoulder. And then when he comes back eventually, he has like a, kid, a severed kidney against Bristol. Something like that. I'm sure I'm missing out about... I'm sure I've got the years mixed up, the events <laughs> mixed up. And But he was at one point... But he was official England captain. England captain. Yeah. Dave Ewers, what a specimen. His legs have got even bigger. He's a huge man, isn't he's he? He's a huge man and he, he works hard. He, I, I mean, he's got to be in the England squad. I mean, we wanted him in the England squad for the World Cup, but... Yeah. Well, instead of Sam Burgess. But there again, I, I thought they were picking Sam Burgess to play uh, six. To, to play six. Yeah. So, but mind you, they probably do a similar job at centre too. It doesn't really matter, <laughs> does it? I think, the, I think Burgess and Ewers should probably be in the, in, the, in the England squad for the Six Nations. If you're picking a 50-man squad, I, I just don't see how he didn't get into a 50-man squad. But he's such a massive, he's such a massive, dominant physical specimen. Yeah. And he can offload. Yeah. You know, Ford's not, not a bad shout as England um, captain, but I'm in, not sure. Interesting. Do you see who Saracen's captain was? Hang on. Itoji. Maro Itoji was oh. Saracen's captain at the this weekend. Band, this bandwagon is going to keep on rolling until something bad happens. <laughs> and I hope it's just not, not too much too soon for for Itoji. Because everyone's talking about him. People have said he's going to be England captain. He might be one day. Yeah, yeah. To be England captain, like, at the moment, it seems ridiculous. When he's played half a season of Premiership rugby. I know. But Saracen's dominant. Yeah. I suggested that Sale might catch Saracen's cold. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Is oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're sail away though. Yeah. Yeah, but they got yeah. absolutely battered. A sail yeah. do this. They, they they do go away and they do get hammered. At home, they're a different proposition because you literally can get no fans to the to the stadium. <laughs> so it's like playing a training game. <laughs> <laughs> and that that was an accurate use of the word literally. Then yeah, well. you literally can get literally. no fans to the stadium. There is literally nobody, not a single person in that stadium. Yeah, what kind of Saracens fan would want to drive up to the AJ Bell knowing you've got to be there two hours before kickoff? Uh. Um, well, we sometimes wonder the logic of anyone who lives in Manchester and yeah. decides to drive to the well, AJ I, Bell. I, I walk there from about a mile out. Anyway, you don't just, need to know my travel plans for sale. Just on Saracens as well, because Tim, you mentioned it last week, they're, they're missing a lot of stars. And I, I countered by saying, but they, they know value. They get value players. Yeah. And you look at some of the players in this team, and you, you unless you're a real rugby nose, you've not heard of them. No. Reese Gill, Michael Rhodes. Oh, Reese Gill, Jackson Wales, Wales International. Yeah, but just. I yeah, mean, I, know, like, I know, I know. Mike Ellery. Uh, Tim Strether. Tim Strether from Nottingham yeah. in the Championship. Uh, Petrus Duplessis from, from Nottingham, Nottingham in the. Titi Lamesitelli. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Him. yeah. Um, Dave Parecki. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, got, yeah. Got yeah. Big future. And they <laughs> put 40 points comfortably. comfortably. Yeah. Put 40 points. They've, <gasps> they've got first team props that they got from Jersey. They've mm-hmm. got centres from Nottingham in the Championship. I've heard a rumour. You can do it. Yeah. Do you, do you want to hear my hear, hear my rumor? Uh, <laughs> is it is it going to? Uh, it came, it's come from a hey, player. wild libelous. Oh it's no, come from oh, a player. Oh, it's come, it's come from an actual player who doesn't play for Saracens. Have you ever watched Newsroom? I hate it with a passion. I love that show, Newsroom. I hate it so much. Why do you hate it? <laughs> Everyone who works in 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 Newsroom is a horrible progressive. Like they've done the uh, episode. Of, let's not talk about Newsroom, yeah. yeah no, 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 no. There Go was on. a point to me saying about Newsroom because in Newsroom they they don't put anything on TV, unlike a lot of. And the point is, is unlike a lot of 
um, news broadcasters who just go, let's put anything on that gets ratings. They won't put anything on unless they have two reliable sources. That's what everyone does. No, it's not. So this, so, so you're going in with one well-placed co- source. Go on. Correct, yeah. Well, well, depending on what it is, I might be able to back this up because I might have heard it as well. It's about Saracens maybe, maybe and BB. the money which they've been spending, which apparently is going to be drying up pretty soon because they've invested a lot of money there. They're not, um, they're not filling the stadium. And apparently it's not a particularly, um, particularly well-liked investment by, by, by the money men. So, so things could change there drastically. But that's just a rumour. It's just just a rumour. I'm glad you're stressing that. Yeah. Mm. It's not particularly uh, defamatory or anything, is it? No, mm. not really. Mm. Leicester beat London Irish. Now, we looked at Leicester's team sheet, talking about looking at team sheets, and it looked on paper awful. Or or at least it looked... Well, no. Awful no, was no, no, It looked no, unknown. Yes. We knew some of the players, but they just were like Balmain was playing, and I've never really seen him do much. Um uh, Owen Williams was on the bench. Uh, Pierce started at eight. They had the guy from the pizza from London Welsh, the yeah. flanker. Vanilla. Um, uh, yeah, McCaffrey. Le- McCaffrey. Th- there was a, f- a few quality players like uh, Mullipola. Mullipola, like Tom Croft back to fitness. But their, their halfbacks were Sam Harrison and Tommy Bell. I know. Mm. I know. And Saramaya Bay at yeah. 37. Yeah. Um, wingers, George Capps. George Catchpole and Adam Thompson. He's no Miles Benjamin, is he? <laughs> was uh, was was Benjamin on uh, on the bench? No, they had a young lad, uh, Paolo Odogwu. 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 I believe he scored a couple of scorching tries in uh, preseason. Ah. Yeah, so uh, a fairly unknown team, but they still managed, managed to come uh, uh, overcome London Irish, which doesn't bode well for London Irish. I think they they, they could they could have problems ahead. Um, yeah, and, and London Irish. So they brought a new coaching team. Uh, they brought in Matt, Matt Simmons. Simons. Uh, Simon Simmons. Yeah. The uh, former Chiefs lock, English English qualified. Well, he's an Englishman. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, looking at their team, it's, hmm, it's a bit... They, they, look it's like a bit they, they had closer to a full-strength team than, than Leicester did. But it's not the best team. It, they're going to struggle a little bit this year. You've I, got I a bit of, in, of inside information here because obviously, you know... Uh, your brother plays there. What is what is the plan? Because they've obviously invested in Tom Coventry. They've bought his whole back backroom staff over. They've even bought Coventry's captain over, uh, and yet they haven't looked particularly good so far. Oh, and they're bringing over bringing over Franks. Well, it's one it's one game. Yeah, they're, they're bringing over Franks. Yeah, that'll make a difference. I don't, I don't know. But I... even but despite all that, you still think think that they're going to struggle. I, I I based on based on the well, I'm I'm not basing it on anything other than just that performance i'm saying on the basis of that result against that leicester team at home i think it could be a long season for london irish yeah, yeah. they will they're, they're bringing maitland in as well that's yeah. a good signing that see they have made some, some pretty tasty signings to be fair the one that the one that london welsh wanted who would have made a big difference london was, irish sorry london irish wanted was andy good because mm. that, oh. that experience that oh, kicking game how can we not have talked about andy good's hair <laughs> <laughs> How have we got to this far into the podcast and we haven't discussed Andy Good's hair? Well, I don't know what you mean, Tim. <laughs> I don't know why. You, I don't know why you want to be like that. Andy Good's hair is perfectly, perfectly natural. I love it. Perfectly normal. Perfectly <laughs> natural. Perfectly normal. Perfectly style. Perfectly, perfectly normal. Perfectly natural for his once bare scalp to suddenly be bearing very short hair. I don't mind it. And do you know? What, do you know what I like about it? 
he, he's obviously um, gone to a, the, a hair studio, the same one that did Austin Healy. Allegedly. No, 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 allegedly, no. not obviously. No, allegedly. He's just, he's just changed his no, hairstyle. No, he, he hasn't mentioned it. He hasn't mentioned it, but that's clearly what's happened. And I'm, I'm fine with it. I think that's great. But what I like about it is... <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> no, Taking the box trendy good. No, he, like that. He's not trying to hide it. Uh, How no, would you hide it? Wear a hat? <laughs> <laughs> until, it's, well, until it's fully grown, until it's a well, well, one way you might hide it is by sh- doing like a Wayne Rooney and having it all shaved off to the same length. Andy, Why on earth would Andy you... Goon's got the same haircut he always had, but with, <laughs> but with his new hair growing through at a different length on the front. I just It's not only a different length, it's a different colour. I haven't <laughs> actually seen this. I, mean, I haven't seen it, and I'll tell you why I haven't seen it. Because when he's commentating, and well, being a pundit, the information he's given me is so on point <laughs> and so interesting. I see past the hairstyle. I, I, I see the man. I think, Tim, I think your allegations are wildly inaccurate. It's I here, think, here. I think <laughs> the weight of not having to play competitive rugby week in, week out, not having to carry <laughs> exactly. a full team on those huge, huge shoulders, shoulders. Of this, huge. I think the stress, the relief of that means that he's understressed. He's no longer understressed. And his hair follicles are recovering. Alopecia is a serious condition to people under stress. As he no longer has to get up for training every day or play at weekends, he's got more time to enjoy Corona. (laughs) And Corona has some magical... Exactly. It's like got Rogaine in it. Uh, Tim, Andy Good never got up for training. Yeah. (laughs) You make a good point, Phil. I I think he looks absolutely fine. I think he looks fine. What's the point point of having having hair plugs and shaving it off? (laughs) <laughs> I think he looks fine I think he looks great Agreed um, uh, and, and finally we, we should just quickly mention Quinns what a great result that was you you predicted Wasp by 20 was it JB? Uh, Quinns by 20 is what I said um, uh, Wasp by 20 I think I, I, predicted, I, predicted, I predicted Quinns by 6 and they won by 5 I uh, predicted and, a Wasp to win and Adam Jones and James Horwell made a big difference to their front 5 apparently I, I don't know I didn't see it um, I will watch the rugby highlights late, uh, later on this evening, and I will I will also watch for a little bit of analysis on uh, rugby tonight on BT Sport, which Ooh. which returns with a two hour World Cup special. Oh, uh, when Monday Monday night? What t- tomorrow? Well, tomorrow. or today if you're listening to this on Monday, and maybe this season, maybe this season is going to be Gloucester's year. Oh, maybe it is to go away to Newcastle is. Mm. It's a difficult place to go, and they comfortably won. It's a difficult place to go, but probably one of the easiest places you will go. <laughs> Do you know what? Billy Twelve Trees equaled the record number of points in a single premiership Billy game. Billy Twelve Trees can play. Record number of penalties, nine. Yeah. Wow. No, he, he really can play. And I, I know I, he gets a lot of stick, but he does have these periods of, say, six months, and he looks great. So maybe this year is Gloucester's year. Maybe it is. Well, for the next six months. <clears throat> we will return with a preview of the semifinals and of the next weekend's premiership. And we will have to start getting into the Pro 12, gentlemen. Well, as soon as we have to. If Ulster win a game, I'm all over it. <laughs> if they lose, mm, I know what we'll do. I'll, I'll just make an apology. If you're if you were a Pro 12 fan hoping to hear some sort of review of the Pro 12 matches, we do respect. Me and Phil, <laughs> me and Phil respect absolutely the Pro 12, oh, and and I res- and I respect the Pro 12. I respect any league that can. That can keep up its consistent standards, even when all of its players are missing in a World Cup. <laughs> I, I, that, that's that's a real achievement. Is, uh, I, I however, there, there's only so many hours in our weekend, and with the World Cup quarterfinals, that's four games. With the Aviva Premiership, that made it that made it six live games. Uh, well, yeah, in one yeah. weekend, there's, only, there's what, only so much we could do. I tell you what, we'll do when the season gets going. We will get on on the phone when we sort it out. We'll get Brim Williams either live. 
or on the phone because he all he does is watch uh, 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 Pro 12. He's a little bit weird in that way. And also CJ, who has been a, 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 on the show and a friend of the show. Both of them are massive Pro, Pro 12 nerds. C- but, CJ was actually at Edinburgh. Also. He, he goes he to Edinburgh games. To game. goes to Edinburgh games. Wow. I think, I think he was the one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think him and another guy meet up don't they, every week and go, and go to Edinburgh games. And then they go and then they go to some horrible bondage dungeon straight after for some more for some more punishment. Speaking of bondage dungeons, we're going to clear out of this room, JB, so you can get your tripod yeah. film back in and your big mirror. Hey. Uh, right, so we will see you later. So when will we do that pod, do you reckon? The teams won't be announced until Thursday, so right. it might not go out until Friday morning. So Thursday night and Friday morning, we'll, cool. uh, we'll have... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. the next podcast for you previewing the weekend's action until then in a bit jb goodbye tim latest phil cheers tim bye